0: Hi, I'm Lisa Mirable, and I'm here with Robert Strickoff, the Chief External Affairs Officer for the EAC Network, and this is our More To Do podcast. Hey, Robert, how are you? I'm
1: well, Lisa, how are you? I'm Uh, doing so well. The band's back together. Uh, (laughs) Finally, right? right? I I was off a month. You were off a month. I missed you. Yeah, I missed you too. (laughs) Uh, I can't thank Vertigo Media enough uh, for hosting this More To Do podcast. Lisa is a member of our uh, board of directors, so thank you for having us, and we very much appreciate it you know, Vertical Media and everything that you do for the EAC Network?
0: Well, you know, this is uh, a passion of mine. I mean, not only doing podcasts, but I mean the EAC Network yeah. is a passion of mine. And uh, being a member of the board, I think we really have to, or we really have a mission about getting the word out right. uh, to s- as many people as possible about all of the great things yep. that we do Yep. Yep. as a group. But there's always more to do.
1: There's more to do. We're here at the More To Do uh, podcast for the EAC Network. For more information on the EAC Network, go to EAC-network.org. And with that, we're very happy to introduce one of our angels walking amongst us, as our president and CEO, Neela Lachal, says uh, all the time, uh, Monique Powell. Welcome.
2: Hi. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Lisa, for having me. I'm excited to be here. How are you guys? We're doing well. We're doing well, but Monique.
0: When I read your bio, oh my gosh, an angel walking amongst us is absolutely correct. You do such great work. You do God's work, honestly, Um, being a supervisor of Brooklyn Clear, but I don't want to speak for you. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your title, and what you do over at EAC?
2: Thank you. Oh, that's a big title. Angel, that's a big title, but thank you for that. Um, I'm currently, again, the supervisor of the Brooklyn Clear Program here at EAC Network. Um, and I also am the director of our opioid overdose and fentanyl community engagement projects, mm-hmm. um, which is a lot of uh, EAC's alphabet soup, <laughs> right? We have a lot of acronyms that we we go by, but Brooklyn Clear in particular is our collaborative legal engagement, assistance and response programming. Um, and we're a part of EAC's behavioral health and criminal justice programs. Um, so what that means is that you know, we're not really um, ATIs. We're kind of like at the front end of criminal justice. That's what I like to say. We're at the front end. We're frontline workers.
1: You're
0: frontline workers when it comes to drug abuse in Brooklyn. Now that's, uh, that's got to be a very complicated situation for you. And I'm sure that uh, it's not an easy task. Why don't you tell us a little bit about What exactly it is that that clear does, because I know in 2019, we saw a tremendous rise. Deaths from overdose rose 60 percent in 2019. And I know it's on on the increase. Uh, Just speaking personally, a friend of mine who works in the Mattituck School District within the high school um, has also seen a tremendous increase and says that there's one a day in the high school, one overdose a day that they are now trained to actually um, help and assist the children while they're going through their overdose um, while waiting for the ambulance. So, I mean, that's how it's affecting us here on Long Island, but why don't you tell us what CLEAR does in
2: Brooklyn? We're seeing a little bit of all of those things. Um, I'm glad that you mentioned also in the high schools, although our program deals with individuals who are over the age of 18, Brooklyn Clear has recently made it our mission to expand um, across the age, right? Because we know that substance use, right? Like the fentanyl has no age, has no race, has no gender, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, our peer services are really just individuals who are themselves in the walk of recovery, right? Along with some supervision and some training, right? I'm proud to say that all of our peers are certified, you know, board certified peer recovery coaches, and uh, especially in Brooklyn, we're tackling um, any arrest um, misdemeanor level that comes out of the Brooklyn precincts.
0: So what happens is someone's arrested, they then call you or you're, you're notified. The clear is notified. And then um, it goes through uh, clear, then someone comes to the uh, precinct? How, How does that work?
2: Exactly. So we have our notification process, which is exactly how you said it, right? We are notified by NYPD in Brooklyn, that we have a clear eligible arrest, which is someone who have been, you know, arrested on possession of a controlled substance. Um, over the pandemic, we have also seen the increase in petty larceny. So we added that charge to our programming as well. And so, you know, we're a 24-7 program. And so once we get a call from NYPD, we dispatch a peer to go to the precincts and meet with the arrestee. And, you know, at that point, it's where we introduce services, we offer support, right, both emotional Um, you know, again, being arrested is something that is, you know, could be triggering traumatic. traumatic, Right. And so, you know, our peers are met with individuals right where they are, right at the point of trauma. um, Sometimes, yes, at the point of severe addiction. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, again, as people who are themselves, someone who has had lived experience either in criminal justice or in the path of recovery, they offer those immediate support services upon meeting them.
1: You know, Monique, uh, Lisa and I talk about this uh, all the time, uh, both on and off the air. Uh, The AC Network is here to help people when they need it most, right? right. I think a board member actually said that to me uh, about a year ago. We are here to help people when they need it most. Uh, I can't think of another time when one of our clients or potential clients needs something more than when they get arrested, right? For a low level felony or a low level misdemeanor, I'm sorry. So instead of facing jail time and not knowing and understanding what services are out there, Monique and her team come to- The rescue. Come to the rescue.
2: Yeah, We know that we're up against an epidemic, right? Of fentanyl use, of drug use, of trauma in all forms. And so, yeah, it's difficult. But I think that we find joy in knowing that people are wanting help and we're there to offer it. Do you find that they're very open to the help? They're open, no judgment, right? Because I think the best part about even the peer services is that it takes that informal, non-clinical approach. I right. think that's that's a key
0: word, right? Peers, right? Yeah. And I think that that is, is what makes a difference, absolutely. And it's less intimidating, right? It allows them to open themselves
2: up, and um, and you're twenty four seven. That's amazing. I mean, you know, you would think that, you know, yes, crime is 24-7, right? There is no time gap on crime, unfortunately. And so that's what we have to do. We have to be able to provide services when it's needed and it's needed all the time. And so, you know, although we have a small team, right? We're not like 100 people, 100 workers, although I'd love to have that. Um, You know, we do have a small group of individuals, like I said, are trained, right? Are trained in this work who want to do this work, who are passionate about this work and helping. And so they understand that there is no nine to five for this. Right. Let's, let's,
1: yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. Right. So you're listening to the more to do podcast here uh, with the EAC network and hosted by vertical media and our special guest is Monique Powell. But can you talk a little bit about that? I get arrested. I'm in Brooklyn and um, it's, you know, potentially my first arrest or a low level uh, arrest. What happens? Can you.
2: After you're arrested, um, right. We'll, get a call from the NYPD officer who arrested you, like, so directly from the officer, um, or sometimes the officer will call the um, main Brooklyn D- District Attorney's office, right? We call that the command center. Um, and the command center will call, you know, our hotline, which is our, you know, our, uh, our back cave, <laughs> as I put it, right? And they'll, you know, let a, a peer know, you know, they have an individual who have been arrested on either that, you know, low level drug offense, or, you know, or a pettit larceny. Um, and sometimes we even acquire information if the individual has been arrested before. I was going to ask that. And if the individual appears to be presenting with any immediate needs, right. And so, you know, we are in collaboration with NYPD, So just like how we're frontline workers, we support them. And so if they tell us that an individual appears to be intoxicated, or appears to might have been in some kind of, you know, mental health distress of any kind, they alert the peers to that and the peers come prepared to support the individual Um, at meeting them at the precinct we are there to you know help to comfort that and let them know yes you'll be going home today right you'll be leaving you'll be released but we want to be able to provide you with some support services any that you may need in order to have your case be disposed of and sealed without you ever having to go to court And usually when individuals hear that, like, oh, great, yeah, help, get me out of (laughs) here, you know, that's the initial response. But then once we talk more about, you know, what are their immediate needs, social services, you know, do you want to go to a substance use treatment? Do you want mental health services? Do you need housing services? What is it that you want? right and i think that's the, the driving force we are more client centered person centered we are not mandated right we're not those atis we are really meeting people right at the beginning where they possibly could go deeper and deeper into the criminal justice system but our goal is to make sure they never get there
0: i think that you raised a very interesting point right you're trained Police have so much to do, yeah. and 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 they can't know everything, right? Yeah, yeah, People right, look right. to them for like the end all be all. You should know how to handle this, right, but you right. know what? It's an amazing program that they can bring in our trained, you know, facilitators, our trained peers, advocates, right, whatever right, you want right, to call them, right, angels, right, you know, <laughs> <right. That's laughs> to come line. in to come in and help assist them, right? right, right empower, right. Assist, right. assist, and, ki- and care. And care. And care. The EAC network, right, right to right. do all the things that we're supposed to be doing right. um, and alleviate the stress of the police officer to allow them to move forward to doing more
1: right. so
0: that we can then care for them in a trained manner, in a in, in a manner that's going to help, tha- help right. that individual so that hopefully they can get the services and support that they need so they don't come back again. Right, right. right, And and the whole point
2: of this is to help them right. not come back again. Exactly. And so we do our best, too, to make sure that we meet our program's goals, which is really just to provide a community-based response to help address the substance use, right, for an at-risk population, right, while we reduce oh. the involvement of the criminal justice system, right? So we are there to, yes, like you said, support NYPD, because, no, they don't know it all right? They see it all, but they don't know it all. We want to be able to just go ahead and say, hi, you know, we're here to work alongside of you, with you, support you, right? You tell us what you got going on and we'll pick up the rest. And I think that's how we should always be, right? That just working alongside collaboration with NYPD is so important, so important, especially in this work.
1: That, that's great to hear. You know, you, you mentioned a couple of other partners and we want to get to them as well. Um, but very often you hear police officers maybe even five years ago, ten years ago, what is your mission, right? What's your goal as a police officer? And some people would say, some police officers would say, to arrest people. Mm -hmm. That is not their mission. No. Their mission is to provide for public safety, and I think Brooklyn Clear and the programs that you talk about really speak to public safety. Because we don't want people just going off to jail or to Rikers Island, right? That's so punitive. It's there's there's an equitable issue about that. We think that black doesn't help anyone, right? It doesn't help help anyone. It it doesn't help, right? Black, brown and underserved people are probably going to jail at at a high we not probably we know that as a fact, right? (laughs) Yes. That's That, 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 that they're going to jail at a higher rate than than anyone else. And if you're helping one person, you're not just helping that person, you're helping that person get back to work. You're helping that person get back to their family, you're helping that person get back to the community. And that's what everyone who's involved in law enforcement wants. They want stability, and stability equals a safer community. So, I'm so happy to hear that you you know your partnerships are with the Brooklyn DA's office, the, the NYPD, and I'm sure with you know. Um
0: you know, Robert, you told me a funny story, not to interrupt, but yeah. you told me a funny story about the DA yeah. earlier. Yeah. And I really want you to share that because I think that that speaks to the mission completely yeah. and all the work that you do, Monique, I think it's really important. So yeah, you know, Neela... Uh, this is the biggest compliment Compliment, I think we could absolutely to give Brooklyn to Clear, Brooklyn Clear. To Monique's work, right?
1: Right. Neela Lockle and I, the president and CEO of uh, the AC Network, we were in Albany and we were talking to uh, state legislators and elected officials about our work and really about our impact, right? Mm-hmm. We touched last year with direct services, 65,000 people. Um, I now think,
0: that's direct services.
1: Right, right. So I think that number is 365,000 people because you're not counting the their families and you're yep. not counting their communities. So I see the DA in a, in a crowded room, and I walk over, and I introduce myself. and Hi, I'm Bob Strickoff from the EAC Network, and I go into, this is what we do. He puts his hand out and says, stop. I know exactly who you are. I know exactly what you do, and you guys need to do more. And he walked away like he dropped
0: <laughs> Mike <laughs> drop. He dropped the mic. He like, You guys
1: need to do more. But uh, uh, Eric Gonzalez, the Brooklyn D.A. is a real partner uh, with not only Brooklyn Clear, but all the programs that we have in Brooklyn. Uh, we should talk a little bit about that. But um, D.A. Gonzalez, if you're listening and your staff is listening, thank you so much for the work you do. Please, please. We are here to be a, a continued partner uh, with you in your office and the NYPD.
2: And he is one of the few that I know personally who are on the ground with us. I can't tell you how many events that he's gone to um, community outreaches and have worked right alongside of our tables to give back. Mm-hmm. You know, he is one of those individuals. I, You know, I, you, you see him again, he's a direct. He's gonna tell you, you know, no, we're gonna do more. You know, that wasn't even an ask. That's like, no, we're gonna do more. All right, so now that we all agree that we
0: need to do more, I think I'll give it over to Bob to allow him to do <laughs> his regular ask. that we do in every podcast, which is, you know, we can't do more without people that right. support us. We can't do more without private funds. We can't do more without, you know, support from the companies around Long Island, around New York and the metro area. So, um, Bob, take it from here. Yeah, <laughs> you know, to
1: support EAC and Monique and her programs and it really the impact, to support the impact and to, to see a greater impact as we move forward. Unfortunately, there is more to do. Yep. So at the EAC network eac-network.org you can make a donation as little as $20.23 or as high as, you know, whatever you want what, however you know comfortable you want to make a donation. We are we are talking to you know private companies, we are talking to private foundations. We talk to the state legislature and we are so proud of the work that we do that I don't mind asking for money.
0: I don't mind asking for money either, especially when it comes to, you know, topics like fentanyl. And yes, you work with the eighteen-year-olds and and uh, those that are suffering from oh. it, but it it has no boundaries, right? It right? right. has no knows no boundaries. Right. It's race, color, creed, all all walks of life. Right, so right. when it comes to fentanyl, that is just uh, a devastating epidemic that we're facing here. We we need all the support we can get. So I'm going to ask you to donate twenty dollars and twenty three cents at eac-network.org, online. Uh, just go to the little donation button that's up in the right-hand corner, yep. and you can donate one time. I mean, it, it's it's cheaper than <laughs> any meal you'll get out there, and the impact that it will have is yep. immeasurable. So please, just $20.23, um, or as much as you feel comfortable with, like, yep. like Robert said, and help us fight this uh, epidemic that we have. It's not only... You know, we're talking about Brooklyn right now, but we see it everywhere. It's affecting us everywhere. So help us out and get involved. And, um, you know, you do so much. Yeah. And we only touched upon a little bit, but I want to ask you how many calls? We we could. (laughs) We could.
2: I know, but we can go on forever, I'm sure about it. Because when we talk about, you know, substance use disorders, when we talk about the rise in overdoses, we can talk about the rise and even how, you know, the pandemic, you know, has caused a lot of turmoil in people's homes, which leads to them using, you know, drugs and alcohol and it's impacting our kids. It's impacting our seniors, right? So we've seen it all. Again, no age limit. No race, no creed. It, it's amongst us and we have to do something. So how many calls
0: do you see on average
2: uh in a week? In a week, wow. Um oh, a day. So so is a day better? In <laughs> Should I take day, it? Down well, the- in a day, I mean we're working with about twenty six precincts. Um oh, and wow. so huh. calls, yeah, we're working in Brooklyn alone, twenty six precincts. Wow. So And that also includes like, you know, the little precincts inside the subways and things like that. And so, you know, we can get anywhere from maybe one call, which lasts three hours to support that person to 20 to 30 calls. It just depends on, you know, again, the arrests that are taking place. I mean, I know in the city now we have you know bail reform and things like that. But again, our NYPD officers who understand our mission and are in collaboration with the efforts to help get community support to address this public health issue, they know. Like, they call us anytime. I've gotten calls when I'm in my bed. And I'm like, I'm on it. <laughs> you know, like, I, I'm there. You know, two AM, three AM, I'm there.
1: Monique, we Lisa, we, we, we have to talk about Monique for just one second, right? Okay. I mean, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into this? I mean, you obviously have a, you know, a, a unlimited amount of compassion and passion for this work. Tell us a little bit about Monique Powell and how you got involved.
2: Well, I grew up here in New York right? I'm a city kid, Um, 80s latchkey kid in a sense where, you know, my parents, um, you know, they worked really hard to make sure that I had the best education. But, you know, I like the little taste of the bad life myself. You know, I I was impacted by um, a lot of family members and friends whose parents struggled with substance use disorders very young. And I saw how, you know, it broke families apart, broke families apart to where, you know, you, you can't even just go to the mall <laughs> without seeing, you know, a parent or, you know, a community member, a neighbor right, you know, possibly just in full-blown addiction and what that looks like, and so I wanted to always just kind of understand what was the nature, what is this thing that people are addicted to that's causing turmoil, like, you know, breaking us up, and, you know, why are families, you know, struggling so hard, and so I went to school at Hofstra University in Long Island for my undergrad, All right. And I majored in psychology and, but it just wasn't enough. It just something about it just wasn't enough. Yes. I could do, you know, Freud in theory and, you know, Carl Jung, you know, all that stuff is great, but how does that work on the ground? You know, how does that help individuals who are out here struggling? How does that help families dynamics to, to change for the positive? So, you know, I went to Albany, um, very young, and I wanted to talk to a legislator at the time about getting um, some support services at Hofstra. And, and just in talking, they were like, You do like forensic psychology, like you have this lawyer in you, and you also have this psychologist in you. And you know, you should look into this program at John Jay. And I'm like, well, yeah, whatever it takes to get you to change. <laughs> so, so we made a bet that you know, if I finished, you know, John Jay College for my master's in preventive psychology, that they would allow me to, you know, help and work and develop some policies for for the city um, and, and opioid overdose prevention. And that's how I got to EAC and this connection with John Jay College and professors and I met you know the president of EAC at the time and you know they were just you know in alignment with what I wanted to do which was just hit the ground running and teach my community how to save themselves well this is a community effort and it certainly takes
0: a community to make the change right so that
1: that is unbelievable again you're listening to the EAC more to do podcast with uh, Monique Powell I'm going to read this quote and and I'm going to read it because I don't want I don't want to get it wrong With overdose deaths occurring at a rate of one per every four hours, one per every four hours, we must get the tools into the hands of the people who need it, says Monique Powell. What does that mean? What does that quote mean?
2: That quote means just that. I quoted the actual stats that during the pandemic and just the research that we've done and um, in collaboration with the department of mental health and hygiene just collecting the information of how many people are we losing like how severe is this fentanyl overdose like really how how severe is it and the number is just that one person dies every four hours like we're talking about New York right in New York City and within the five boroughs alone Right. And so it's it's that severe that we we have to do more. I mean, I know I'm here at Brooklyn Clear and we have peers on the ground and, you know, we're doing those things. But we need collaboration from all systems, all systems, because this is really hurting us.
1: Yeah, that really speaks to your other roles, right, as director of the opioid overdose prevention. Um, You're the director of that, I'm sorry, and the supervisor of the Fentanyl Community Engagement and Test Strip Distribution Initiative. Um, you know, we don't have a lot of time because we can be here for three hours. Can you talk a little bit? <laughs> uh, first of all, we, we got to make we sure <laughs> we got to make sure that you're when we meet with the uh, D.A. Gonzalez that you're there. And and of course, with uh, Commissioner Sewell in the New York City Police Department. But can you talk a little bit about those two programs and, and, and how that affects you know the work uh, and what's going on in Brooklyn?
2: Absolutely. So we just recently um, you know, received a large grant for the fentanyl community engagement project, which, you know, EAC, you know, Pistol and I, the directors, we all got our brains together and wrote for this grant because we saw that not only was an naloxone kits um, something that we give to our actual clients and to our community members to help save them, but I wanted to be a little bit more harm reduction focused, right? Because we can't just go with the abstinence. People's, you know addiction, right. and drug use is individual, right? There is no set standard for how to recover. And so to continue to have this model of abstinence is just not working. It's not enough. Not at all. Although people come to it on their own too, to live a life, a life of abstinence, you know yeah. that's not always how they go through the process. And so harm reduction focus, we said, let's do something to help our clients and help our community members to Figure out how to safely use. We have to get on that. And I know, you know, we have people who are, you know, against it, right? The medical model versus, you know, behavioral models, right? But on the ground, we needed the fentanyl test strips in order to provide these services to individuals to understand that the fentanyl that's in these, um, you know, illicit drugs is killing us. It's killing us, right? But if you're going to use, how can we help you to use safely? right? How can we help you to even engage with our peers, right? To understand and be informed about the drugs that are out there. Um, Again, one in every five hours, right? We need to be able to do something. So the fentanyl test strips, we do demonstrations for um, in the precincts. We do demonstrations at high schools. We do demonstrations here at our offices to help to showcase, you know, how to safely use your drugs or how to figure out if the drugs that you think you're taking is you know laced with fentanyl that's the key right how to find out
0: if the drugs that they're using if they're using drugs you don't deserve to die right Right. there there are plenty of accidental deaths occurring because someone has tried or someone has done something and there's fentanyl in there yeah. Our mission is to save lives and impact the community in a positive way. So this is our more-to-do podcast with EAC. Yeah. Hate yeah. to do it, but yeah. I'm going <laughs> to tell you, you <laughs> have to go to the website and get involved because we need community help and community support. Right. Uh, this is a very serious topic. You know, it affects uh, so many in our community. It, it affects New York with those scary statistics out there. One in five are overdosing per hour. Yeah, you know, one in death.
1: one every four hours. One, one every, four every four hours. hours. Maybe the DA was quoting you when he said, I know what you do and, <laughs> you, and you need <laughs> to do more. So uh, Monique, thank you for that.
0: Thank you for your time. Thank you for everything that you do.
2: Thank you both. Thank you.
1: Monique, thank you so much. It's uh, Every day when I talk to one of our angels, I'm just uh, more inspired by the work that we do, um, but also a little scared, right, of, of what's out there. And I know that there's more to do. Um, and I can't thank... Lisa and Vertical Media enough for hosting this and for getting the word out. Um, So thank you so much, Monique. Keep up the great work. Amazing um, work. You know, and keep your chin up and, uh, you know, make sure that you're out there saving lives, you know, more lives every day. Thank you so much.
2: No, thank you both. Thank you both. We all have more to do. We do.
0: Well, thank you, Monique. And uh, this was our More To Do podcast. And, uh, Robert, I think that – we definitely have more to do, but we have a gala coming up. Sure. So just uh, before we go, we have a, a gala coming up in November. We do.
1: We do. Uh, uh, but before that, we have a golf outing. Oh, that's so, oh uh, it is nice if, weather. If, uh, it's great uh, for a golf outing. Yeah. Any of our listeners out there, uh, May 15th, uh, our Golf for Good, uh, that is also on the website, eac-network.org, at uh, Fresh Meadow Country Club, which is a very, very uh, uh, wonderful place to play golf and wonderful place to meet our um Our angels walking amongst us, many of them uh, attend the golf outing. But at the golf outing, you really see and feel the impact uh, because you hear the stories of of EAC, the programs and policies that we work on. But you're going to really see the impact. And that's something that we talk about all the time. So EAC-network.org, May 15th. Whether uh, you golf, golf or
0: you don't, because believe me, I do not <laughs> golf, but I am out there. <laughs> and, and I'm out there. I'm taking pictures of you and making yep. sure that you know all the great things that EAC does. And uh, it's, it is a wonderful day to learn even more yep. about our 108- Program one hundred nine. It 109. could be one hundred nine.
1: You know, we, we're appearing before the Suffolk County uh, Legislature tomorrow, and so it could be one hundred ten. You know, after we ask for uh, additional funds, but we have Nassau County DA Ann Donnelly as our uh, Public Service Leadership Award honoree at the at the golf outing. I thank her and her staff for the work that she that that she does on behalf of Nassau County residents. We don't have clear in Nassau County. Maybe that's our next Hopefully. goal. <laughs> we yeah. can work on that. We can work but on that we have task. Sure. Yeah, we have task and other uh, ATI uh, programs in Nassau County. And, of course, the seniors that we feed in Nassau County. So come to the golf outing May 15th, Fresh Metal Country Club. Uh, go to eac-network.org and support EAC and our impact. Thank you so much. Thank you to Vertical Media.